hey, hey, hey. We're, we're back. back. <laughs> <Jinx>. We're back. <laughs> well, here we are for our next episode, our part two mm-hmm. of the C word. <laughs> the five letter C word. So we've been discussing, if you have not listened to our previous podcast, we're going to tell you right now, stop this one, go back and listen to that one first, because we really um, go into more explanation of where we're coming from as just three American citizens looking for the truth in all the information and disinformation that is out there today. And we want to continue the conversation around this because there's so much to cover and when we left off on the previous episode we didn't really dive into the covid vaccine and i want to begin by saying again reiterating again none of us are here to give any medical advice whatsoever we actually don't want to tell you what to do or even what to think Mm-mm, we are right. we're here to challenge you just to think to ask yourselves some uncomfortable questions Amy can uh, educate us all on cognitive dissonance. <laughs> I'm the expert on the that expert. Now. Oh, yes. <laughs> Which is when oh. you hear something that doesn't match up with your beliefs or that makes you uncomfortable, you immediately have an, an innate reaction to shut it down. In the previous episode, we also talked about fear, how fear affects the brain's ability to be rational, to question its kind of gets into the blind following kind of a mode. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what we realized in 2020, and this was my epiphany of 2020, if you want to control someone, keep them afraid. And so I think in our individual and collective desires to push back against fear, we decided we needed to get educated. And for the sake of our kids, we Mm -hmm. saw fear in our children. We didn't want our children to be We want them to be concerned about things that need to be concerned about, but not unnecessarily afraid. And we started to see the risk of COVID for them was, you know, pretty insignificant. And so this has created the deep dive we're going to talk about here. So um, we're going to continue the conversation and kind of go back to where we left off, which was we started to notice that there was the suppression of treatments and doctors who were talking about the treatments of COVID. Mm -hmm. And we thought, why is that? Why would you want to shut them up? And then when Kristen discovered with the EUA, was it mm-hmm. you or Amy, one of y'all? Yeah. Or it Amy? We, well, we, Kristen talked about it last podcast. Yeah, but yeah, I think Amy, are you the one that like sent the, it over and she was like, what? Maybe? Oh gosh, I can't remember who found that first. I think I found the EUA. You probably did. You sent yeah. things that made, sent me down EUA that. is the Emergency <laughs> Use Authorization. And that was basically saying you cannot roll out a vaccine for emergency use if you have current treatments. Available. Right. Available. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, there so, are four criteria, and that's one of them for sure. Okay. And, yeah. And so that's that's kind of where we left off. Now, there was a couple of other things that made me start wondering, and I want to be in full disclosure too, because I believe in in, in inherent bias is real. Mm-hmm. And so my inherent bias around this topic, I would not be first in line for any kind of medication. I'm the girl who doesn't take Advil unless I'm dying. Right. Like, right. And, and, and I don't even know why that is. Like, I'm going to be honest. It's not because of some scientific information. I think I have this inherent belief that my body was created to heal itself. Mm-hmm. So I always want to give it space to do that first. Right. Very thankful for modern medicine. Modern medicine has saved my life. Mm-hmm. Modern medicine also almost killed me. So I have a very unique story. <laughs> yeah. True, mm-hmm. Truly, I have a unique story with that. So, of course, I'm going to have a hesitancy. I have a nephew who was diagnosed medically as vaccine injured, not by COVID, uh, not by the COVID vaccine, by other vaccines. And so 
that again adds to my hold on let me get informed let me understand um risk benefit all of those things before i dive in but also my heart is like you guys i want to do my part for the community you know when that was all like wear mask up for your community now it's get the shot for your community right Listen, I'm I'm a believer that you look after your neighbor, but I think that we need informed consent trumps everything. Right. And we need to be able to make, we need medical autonomy and we need to make choices for ourselves in every area of medicine. Now, some people are going to disagree with that. And I understand. I think a lot of times people disagree because at this point they're ready for COVID to be over with. We talked about fear, two camps of fear. There's the fear of the vaccine. Um, and the consequences of the vaccine, or there's fear of mandates, or there's fear of government control. And on the other camp, there's just fear of COVID and the consequences of COVID. I don't want to play into any of those fears. And we also don't want anyone else fearing any of this either. Right. We're actually trying to bring information to you to make you feel empowered to address any of that. Well, I think there's also fear in the un- unknown. And sure. when you don't know what's going on and you feel a lot better when you are educated and informed. And I just want to throw in like my background with it's so different than, yes. than yours, Holly, yeah. because my mom was the one that will, will pop Advil at any type of a headache or anything. I remember being in sixth grade and yeah. having Advil with me and just taking it with like, like just swallowing <laughs> it with my spit. Like, I mean, I just swallowed it with my spit if I had a headache. Master <laughs> pill taker. It was not like it's not like they were taking all kinds of pills. Advil was our drug of choice. choice. Okay. Okay. So it does work the best. I mean, I think it's better than Tylenol. But I'm just saying, like we grew up like that, and I actually grew. I, I had strep throat so much. My mom's, yeah, my granddaddy, sure, yeah. was a very well-known, well-respected OBGYN in yeah. Durham. He did like house calls. He was like. He is like the, just the sweetest, wisest man ever. They don't make people like that anymore. They don't make doctors like that anymore. And so my mom trusted mm-hmm. him, trusted his colleagues after him. And, and I trusted them because sure. my mom trusted. So there's where that, all that bias comes from. Yeah. And trust and, the doctor. And yes. And, and you trust the system. And honestly, I was trusting until I even became a nurse and in the ER. And when mm-hmm. it's, it's all this quick bandaid, this quick fix. Yeah. And then you start realizing, you know, and I had all these, quote, health problems, I guess, growing up, stomach issues, headaches, all this stuff. And honestly, lifestyle changes, diet changes has completely changed me. And I realized that it's not a medicine solution for everything. We can prevent, if, if I've always said, I loved the ER, but that it, it did not align with my, I love saving people yes. and, and helping them. But I would so much rather prevent them from getting there in the first place. Yeah, preventative right? medicine. Right? Yeah, you know. I think we've all grown in that way, or I know I, I have yeah. too. Like I was never, you know, popping the Advil in, in elementary school. <laughs> but you weren't, you weren't cool like that. I wasn't cool like that. Um, and we weren't like quick. My mom was not quick to give medicine or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but I, I grew up just knowing that. Medicine is what you take when you feel really bad. Yeah. It's just you take or you Absolutely. listen to the doctor and go all these things. It. You yeah. go get the medicine. I remember being in like high school and college taking um, like Zantac and ta- like all those things for like acid <laughs> reflux and like, you know, whatever. And, that's just and that was from the alcohol. And the college maybe, diet. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> but I realized now that I'm older and right. wiser and now that we know so much more, yeah. like I know we've talked about how when you know better, you do better. And mm-hmm. there's no way, there's no reason to not be 
so informed in this day and age yes. with how to take care of yourself and how to prevent these things and the different lifestyle changes you can make to stay healthy and, and help your immune system be better and not have to just be the Band-Aid approach with medicine. So yes. um, well, I've grown in that way too. There's not, doesn't seem to be as much money in preventative medicine right. as there is in curing illness, right? And just to give the stats behind that, because that certainly has impacted the way I see a lot of this too. And before you even go in there, yeah. we do want to point out, we do trust some medicine. I mean, Absolutely. definitely, yes. like there are, there are babies yeah. that wouldn't have been born without, Absolutely. Yeah. There, are, there are definitely life-saving medicine. I mean, if we did not have the medicines that we had in the ER, people would be dead. That's right. exactly you know? right. So we are not coming at this like, no. oh, we don't do anything. No, so please just know. No, we are just, not that far. This no, is just, no. <laughs> this yeah. is just how we have evolved, evolved and how we have learned and what we've learned. Yes. And we just didn't realize all the, all the things. And so, yeah, go ahead. That's right. And, and, and so with full respect of modern medicine and, um, and, and gratitude for it, we will say that the leading lobbying industries in the United States, these are the entities that go before our legislature, legislators and government officials and present cases to help their companies get what they want from a legislative perspective. These lobbyists, they spent the number one lobbyist in Washington, D.C., almost times two in 2020 was pharmaceuticals, health products. And the second was electronics, manufacturing, and equipment. And that is 156.9, um, what does it say, in millions, $156.9 million spent in um, last year in 2020. In, in pharmaceuticals, it's $306 million. That's a lot of money going into somebody's pockets. Mm-hmm. And by the way, it's known that lobbyists can promise funding for these senators, these legislators. Mm-hmm. You know, they this is where they get, get them. And this yeah. is why I didn't like politics. And this, this is why we didn't this like is why politics. We don't like it. Yeah. Absolutely. It's the dirty the dirty side of uh, that's why they, you know, that's the dirty side of politics. I mean, guys, it's the number one by almost two. Mm-hmm. The amount of money that's being spent there. And then also specifically with vaccines. And this comes from the Fierce Pharma website. Um, It says exactly how much money is on the table to develop vaccines against the coronavirus. Well, in its annual forecast for global drug spending, the IQVIA Institute for Human Data Science put the figure, and get this guys, $157 billion dollars through 2025. Mm. Mind blown. Mm. Right? I mean, it says it's one of the many intriguing projections in this edition of their annual drug spending forecast. The group's first since the corona um, coronavirus pandemic put the worldwide economy on tilt. And then it says it projects that global spending on medicines will reach $1.6 trillion by 2025. And but that it representing annual growth of three to six percent. But get this, the one point six trillion figure does not include spending on coronavirus vaccines. What? Wait, what now? I, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> it just says it, it estimates that the spending on medicines, so treating disease, mm-hmm. is going to reach one point six trillion by twenty twenty five. But it that figure does not include that one hundred fifty seven billion on coronavirus vaccines. Wow. So and it's just, you almost have to wonder why the forecast is going skyrocketing yeah. for medicines mm-hmm. in the future. Like, we're hmm. just getting sicker. It's we're like, just needing more yeah. 
Imagine if they used that money, although we ha- I haven't looked this up, um, yeah. to educate the world on preventative mm-hmm. health. Right. Because I, I just you think know? that that's... That imagine. I do, well, what was the cost, um, Amy, of... Oh of a hydroxychloroquine tablet yeah i believe and i could be wrong on this cents. 37, 37 cents, cents a tablet yeah. 37, 37 cents, cents a, tablet. a tablet by the way hydrochloroquine in case you've forgotten was the drug that the sitting president threw out in a press conference and then it kind of got shot down but now the doctors have come out many doctors have come out and said it is a method of treatment for covid right that was one of the things that the america's frontline doctors that i talked about in the last episode when they were screaming and yelling from the steps Mm -hmm. of the Supreme Court saying, we're treating patients, it's working, it's working, and they got censored. Um, The sitting president then said it, um, and then it was censored. And then just here recently, this year, in the past month or two, um, Facebook came back and said, actually, our fact checkers were wrong. This actually does Imagine that. Imagine that. (laughs) Those silly fact checkers that everybody believes. 10 months, 11 months of of potential treatment treatment. for people. And lives. Lots of lives. Because, again, early treatment. And same with ivermectin, Dr. Corey and. You know, Dr. McCullough, like talking about, I mean, it's just, it, it, it's, it's mind blowing. It's interesting. And again, we're, we're citing doctors who they are practicing doctors on the front lines of COVID saying, Mm -hmm. or immunologists, I think maybe Dr. McCullough might, I can't remember Mm -hmm. what he is. He's a, he's a practicing physician. He's a practicing physician. Um, And they're saying this is what they're seeing working. So we're not quoting people who were just hypothesizing about things here. This is, this is actually documented. Right. Um, So there is a money trail here that we, we can't ignore. We are not saying we can connect every dot what we can say is hmm that's hmm. interesting make you go yeah. hmm yeah. that's hmm. interesting <laughs> that's interesting okay well one of the things that that COVID brought to light was the VAERS reporting system VAERS is uh, by the way I don't know if you guys know this I've known this for a while having a you know my nephew's situation that in 1986 they passed a law that said you cannot sue vaccine companies for adverse reactions I don't think most parents were ever told that. I was never told that vaccinating my kids as they were growing up. Never. I did. No one ever mentioned, hey, if they have a bad reaction, we need to know because we need to report this. But that's where all the reporting was supposed to go. And it was it was estimated, and this is documented as well, that about 1% of adverse reactions mm-hmm. were probably ever reported to VAERS. Now, many more people know about VAERS because of the adverse reactions to the coronavirus vaccines. Um, Kristen, you have a lot more data on what's coming out of that. Can you speak to that a little bit of what you're seeing? And again, this is documented. We can share the links. Yeah. And I also want to say like, okay, as a mom, um, and as a nurse, um, nobody ever even told us, and we have a great pediatrician. We really do. Excellent. So and I went to an excellent nursing school and I worked in a great, an excellent ER, you know, stand by, you know, and respect everybody that I've worked with. But never were we ever told about the VAERS, um, which is the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System. It is a voluntary system, um, but in more of my research, um, I've realized it's on the CDC website and we can even, we'll attach the link. You know, medical uh, physicians and you know nurses that they're required to report serious reactions with mm-hmm. vaccines um and other people can report them as well apparently it's a little labor intensive we've heard physicians um be told not to 
to even report anything, especially and nurses, especially, right, and nurses, nurses say that, especially yeah. with this particular vaccine. Um, and it's like, it's like you're like called out and people are scared to, and then I've heard doctors say, I don't get paid to do that. You know, I've heard mm-hmm. it. It's a nine page yeah. report. I haven't reported anything, but, um, and yes, there are uh, events on there that, you know, need to be investigated and may not be directly tied to it. But the amount of events that have been reported is it, my, you want to talk about mind blowing. So we were watching this interview and I'm definitely, we'll definitely attach this link as well. Um, and it was three guys on there, three men. Um, and I'm, I don't remember all their credentials, so I'll tell you later, <laughs> but I do remember what they were talking about. They showed this chart and I've got it pulled up right here and it said death reports and VAERS as of May 28th. And this is from like 1990. Okay. To now. And if you look at it on the chart, it's literally like all low. It's like 29 deaths in nine in 1990 up to like, I can't even read this like 300. Well, just with COVID vaccines, um, these are actually investigated and confirmed 4,561. So it is like a severe spike. And once again, we have to re- remember that this has been, and this has been a study that 1%, you know, and, and at, at maximum 10% mm-hmm. of people report on this site and apparently they're overwhelmed everything. And then they also said the death rate from this particular vaccine is off the charts more than all 70 vaccines over the past 30 years combined. And I tell y'all that because this is not, once again, we are not here to instill fear. No, okay? no we want so to for those of you who have had yeah. the vaccine, please don't go, you know, like what the WTF, WTF, WTF. Yeah. I'm trying not to make it explicit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, I, I just want people to know because you don't know where to look. You're not being told. Everybody's just being told this is completely safe and effective and they're being bribed and coerced and bullied and the shaming into getting it and without the science and evidence to back it up you know so and that's the point right there that i want to just pause on because Mm -hmm. you're exactly right so we are not sharing any of this data and this actually you can look this up this is not our opinion right we're not sharing it to scare you if you're considering getting it or if you have gotten it Listen, that is up to you, right. okay? And if you've gotten it and you didn't have adverse reaction, that's awesome. Like, mm-hmm. we, my hope and prayer is that that yes. is most people and they don't have long-term effects. Yes, I, I mean, think my that family, is, I had family that got it, absolutely. friends that got we it. we have yeah. tons of, okay, so here's the, here's the latest. This was on CNBC this morning. 52.6% of the American population has gotten the first dose, but only 43.9% are fully vaccinated. And the, the vaccination rates, I think, are slowing, last I saw. Um, and there's a lot of concern that they're not going to reach those target rates. And a lot. Uh, another thing that I saw was that between 30 to 50% of medical professionals still aren't fully vaccinated. Um, that's a pause for me personally. When I hear doctors and nurses saying, I'm not getting it. I'm not sure yet. I'm not getting it. Like, that gives me pause, too. I'm just going to be honest. But if you're convinced and convicted that this is what you need to do, then we will say you should, you, right. you're, you're free to do that. Where we have an, where I think the three of us started to have an issue, and this is just full disclosure, mm-hmm. is in the bullying and in the do your part for your community. It's safe. It's safe. It's safe. Right. It might be safe for most people. I hope it is safe for most people, but it has not been safe for everyone, and that's now documented. And it's also not necessary for everybody. They have never mandated 
one medicine for all populations, whether you are an infant, uh, you know, an adolescent, a pregnant woman, you know, elderly, immunocompromised. And what about people who are allergic to the ingredients in there? What yeah. about people who, Holly, you, you've had blood clots. Yeah. Like you, yeah. you're not going to get that. I've got autoimmune. I'm not getting it. I mean, right. like, but it's like, and my doctor same, said the same to, ingredients yeah. in the syringe for a six month old and an 80 year old. The same, the same yeah, that, exact, that's weird to me. Right? It's just, like, is, what happened to dosing on weight? Do you right, remember? Like, I, mean? I mean, I don't know. I'm just, that's, I don't know. And I think it's like what you said, when you, when you can just throw out that blanket, safe and effective for everyone, but we realize that we are all as humans, not one size fits all. We are all different. We all have different issues yeah. um, and complications and health issues. And so to just, and it's not just saying it's safe and effective. It's like, do hammering it. Do it. Hammering it home. And not taking into account immunity. Once again, we talked about this right. last time. Not taking into account if you've already had COVID and you've got your T cells, your antibodies, whatever. Yes. They're not even testing people. And do you know in the clinical trials, people who had the antibodies or who had had previous COVID were not included in the clinical trials. Really? Really. Okay, that was in the Pfizer. There were like 10 trials that I looked up and I can add those links too. So, and there were several, oh, there was like probably six, seven, eight other criteria, exclusion criteria. And wasn't there a study or something that came out recently that said people who had actually had COVID seemed to have a more robust immunity yes. to COVID than those who had been vaccinated? Is yes. that not, we can cite mm-hmm. that. I, I want to make sure I'm not giving false information here. But something to that degree, which mm-hmm. is, so if you did have it, you're probably already set up to be much better off. Also with vaccines, the, the, the question has been two parts. And I've heard this from Dr. Fauci is one is we don't know how long that immunity lasts. Mm-hmm. Okay. The second is it does not guarantee you that you're protecting anyone but you. Mm-hmm. I think that was, you know, do it for your neighbor, do it for your neighbor. Meanwhile, Fauci's standing there mm-hmm. saying, we don't know that it protects your neighbor. We're just saying, you'll you'll fare better if you take it. You won't have as bad of a response to the disease if you take it. And yet, while he, who is supposed to be the foremost authority, is saying this, you've got people online bullying you if you say, I, I'm not sure I'm going to do that yet. Censoring. I, I'm not going to do it. Censoring. Listen. Mm-hmm. I mean. So there's another red flag to me. Like, you know, you all know about that censoring. I got PTSD. <laughs> I'm going to save the children. Episode yeah. one. Episode from one. From my one. doctors. <laughs> episode two. <laughs> now. <laughs> Thank you for referencing. Yes. yes. Now, <laughs> here we are. And anyone who questions the vaccine, and this is documented that Project Veritas went undercover um, that with, with even Facebook that um, those posts are taken down if you if you question if you ask a question or you say anything that they consider negative about the vaccine which may not be anything negative but just like I don't I'm not really sure oh I had the vaccine and if you go and personal stories personal Personal stories you're not allowed to tell your personal story if it's negative have an adverse reaction and they're like oh my gosh y'all I got this shot and I can't hear out of my left ear or something that those posts are being suppressed and censored why Mm-hmm. Why? Why? And this was the... Because, oh, I'll tell you why. I'm going to actually answer that because I was listening to another um, discussion on this recently and two experts in, in, in the industry and in immunology and in vaccination said, the fear is, guys, if, if we don't get enough people taking vaccines for what is otherwise treatable diseases or preventable diseases, okay, let's say measles, mumps, rubella, mm. all those things. If you don't have enough people, then you risk an outbreak, and the outbreak can be disastrous for the community, is, is what their school of thought is. Now, my um, pushback on that way of thinking is, 
you know, the last time we had situations like that that were devastating to, we're talking, what was it? That was a long, decades and decades mm-hmm. ago when you did not have the nutrition, access to health care, clean drinking water, you know, mm-hmm. the things that now we are in a better position if someone gets sick to be able to treat. Mm-hmm. But the fear is always this, that if enough people don't have immunity, if we don't achieve herd immunity, then we risk outbreaks and outbreaks can be disastrous. And we can all agree in theory, okay, yeah, we get that. We totally get mm-hmm. it. I think that's why people would line up to try to do their part, right? The problem is it's risk benefit. And if it kills you, if mm-hmm. you taking something that kills you or significantly impairs your quality of life to prevent a disease we could have treated anyway, mm-hmm. then that's where the rub really lies, I think. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, so so when someone says, Holly, just go get the vaccine, even contrary to medical advice on my part, right? I mean, what I've been told. Go get the vaccine. They're not taking into consideration the risk that could be for me as a person who has had blood clots. Right. Um, that has a condition that makes me more vulnerable to those things. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Right. Yes. That's well, where the well, and, and everything in medicine, I mean, and I'm not a nurse or a doctor, yeah. but is it not risk versus benefit yeah, for, the for the individual? For the individual. Individual. Should be. Right. Okay. But That's we're sort of in this group thing now where it's like, no, no, it's um, everybody do your part for the community. But in that means you would be willing to sacrifice people for the well-being of the whole. Do you get that, right? Like, mm-hmm. So in other words, that way of thinking is, okay, well, we can sacrifice some so that most people are okay. I'm not, a, I'm not personally okay with that either. That's, that's where my... my I mean, I think it's more is. like do the more at risk if they yeah. need it. And, yes. and here's the thing too. If you really look at the numbers, talk about data. I looked at this. Now, this was the very end of May. So I think it was like May 29th or 30th or something when I looked up these stats. But um, I just looked up deaths involving COVID. Um and I don't think I went over these numbers mm-hmm. on the last podcast. We had talked about this. Yeah. But um, so in January, so this is all ages, okay? All ages, all sex in the United States. In January, there were 102,737. February, 46,232. March, 22,264. April, 17,292. May, 6,325. So that was in all of the United States. 6,325 deaths. Now, I am, of course, I hate even saying these huge numbers. 6,000 is still a huge number. Huge, yeah. Um, But But comparatively. But, okay, so let's look. So that means that the COVID, which hopefully if my math is correct, and I did triple, quadruple check it, but, you know, (laughs) but that means that the COVID-related death rate for the entire country for May is 0.0019%. Okay, so then if we look at the numbers for the vaccine reporting, um, the most recent um, that was June, whatever this last Friday, okay. whatever it was, um, for all ages there were three hundred twenty nine thousand twenty one adverse reactions reported. Of those, were five thousand eight hundred eighty eight deaths total since they rolled them out. Total from December fourteenth through June fourth. Now, get this, for ages 12 to 17 years old, there have been 5,367 reports. 165 of those were serious reactions. Four of those were deaths. Okay? Now, and even with all ages, there's been 3,211 Bell's palsy. You know, that's a a one-sided facial paralysis. Now, the thing, and and 5,907 reports of blood clotting disorders. So y'all, and oh, and let me bring up the pregnant women. Okay, the adverse reactions, there were 2,012 
um, adverse reactions reported with pregnant women and 666 I hate that number um, <laughs> sorry um, I'm weird about numbers I like angel numbers but not those um, um, 666 reports of miscarriage and premature births okay so from vaccinated mothers. from vaccinated mothers okay and remember this and is this still is a small reporting okay. a small percentage so when you're looking at that and then you're looking at the death first you think okay are we still in that emergency this right. pandemic where the emergency use one of the criteria is it has to be declared an emergency i'm not saying that we still don't have an issue right. and i'm not saying that this is that i do not take this serious and i know there's long haulers that people that have long-term reactions Absolutely. okay i don't want to necessarily get it but i almost would rather somebody cough on me and let me get it and get natural immunity yeah. rather than getting the vaccine right. that's if you my had the choice opinion, that's if i had the choice yeah um but i'm just saying why inject and, and then i wanted to point out kids i did look up i don't have it right here on my notes but just in north carolina because that's where we are there have been zero zero deaths this entire year now i've not looked for june but as of may um for ages zero to 17 and i think zero it was even, deaths zero. zero even from immune compromised even from children who have pre-existing zero conditions. covid okay. related deaths and i think it was even up to 29 years old oh, wow. okay so the and yet they are have an emergency use authorization. They're offering free ice cream. They're offering money, a lottery for a million dollars. Mandates they're, to go back to they're college. They're doing mandates for college and all these things. So I, this is where I really have to question because yes. I don't like the mandates. I don't like the blanket situation here without taking into account, is it really worth the risk benefit? You know? Yes. It's one person, one way if you are older and you have obesity high blood pressure all the things and you know you're gonna be um screwed either way yeah. um yeah, 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 <laughs> then right. you yeah. have that choice you yeah know? And it's just like the flu like i feel like if i well yeah. i'm not trying to say covid's like the flu because people get real triggered they get, oh they right. get triggered right. oh gosh right. okay. we don't want to set people tra- off track, yeah. we know saying. it's different yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. different we know it's different but what i'm saying is um like with my children i chose to i had i have in the past vaccinated them with the flu vaccine um but for the past probably i don't know i I think i've done it once like one year i did like the nasal mist flu vaccine or whatever yeah um and then i haven't done it any since Mm -hmm. then and my kids have gotten the flu um and they're and they have it was we watched movies and we snuggled Mm -hmm. yeah and they had fevers and we drank fluids um and then it was did you get the flu when they got it I don't think that I did, but mm-hmm. I have gotten the flu. I feel like I've gotten the flu like quite a few times, a couple times, like yeah. two or three times. Um, I did get vaccinated for the flu when I was pregnant with my daughter, and I got the flu. Um, <laughs> did you just really? a couple of days later? No. Yeah, I mean, and I know that's probably coincidence. Whatever, I don't know. But either way, I don't, I don't vaccinate for the flu, and if I get the flu, I get the flu. But like, I think what I'm trying to say is um, zero deaths. And mm-hmm. kids with COVID, the flu, they also can power through it without a vaccine. Mm-hmm. So we don't mandate the flu vaccine right. for kids. Right. We just l- let them chance it. Right. Let them get, let the kids who want to get the flu That's vaccine right. get it. It's not on the CDC schedule for children. Right. right. So right. we let them get it if they want. And if they get the flu, they power through. So why is this different? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's, that's the question, right? And I think, 
I would love for someone to answer I that. I think actually. it goes back yeah. to they're trying to protect other people instead of but protecting you. Yes, it. protect other and people from not, the flu too? Right. Because right. like I remember when exactly. my dad had protect the flu. all people from no, the flu. No, I'm saying yeah. that that's the argument right now. Like that, right, that, but, but of yeah, I know, but it's just like no different than the flu. Right. When my kids had the flu one year, I remember we didn't go home for Christmas and I didn't go see my grandmother yes, because she was because, in her 90s and I said, yes. well, we're, we're just going to stay home. And my parents came to us that year um, and they took the risk to come and get the flu. They probably got the flu shot, but either way. Yeah. That's just kind of how we've always done it. So that's why I'm just trying to understand how this is so different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, well, we're not sure. I, I would love for someone to honestly be able to shed some light on what is the urgency to get these children vaccinated if the argument is to protect the old people. Um, then if the old people get vaccinated, shouldn't they be protected? Right. Exactly. That's the thing I don't get. That's the other thing. Yeah. Just if you believe it works, get it. Get it. I'm all for that. And I mean that. I would... I believe in freedom. So mm-hmm. I'm going to champion freedom to for people to make their own decisions. Here's where I am going to challenge um, what I have seen time and time again, which is the idea that we all, it's all for one, one for all. We're all in this together. Yes, we are, but we can't all take a Tylenol. Do you know how many adverse reactions are to Tylenol a year? I think it's in the 40-some thousands. Okay. My dad, I'll give you another example. Anderson got, well, you guys were there. My my, my mm-hmm. 22-year-old got strep throat. They gave him a shot of penicillin in his butt um, mm-hmm. to start the treatment at the at the urgent care. If they'd done that to my dad, we'd have had serious problems because my dad's allergic to penicillin. Mm-hmm. What if we had to say, well, we got to give everybody penicillin? There are people who would die and have adverse reactions from that. And, and again, this is not a vaccine that's been around for 50 years. Well, this is the thing. It's one thing if you're if what we're taking is completely safe and it has been yeah. studied and we've seen, uh, you know, all these studies, but it hasn't even been started. I mean, maybe I guess it's been a little over a year now, but like, you know, when we have like I just read the other day and I can cite this source as well. 82% miscarriage rate in the first 20 weeks after vac- after being vaccinated. Um, and 10% is the normal rate. And then 25%, I think there, it said 25 times more likely to have the myocarditis. And if y'all don't know that, that's, that's inflammation the of the heart. Kids, right? And that's with the younger kids and especially the males. And, you know, the, this myocarditis, pericarditis, y'all, like this, and they're not the same thing. They're similar, but they they can either be mild or it can turn into a chronic condition or it can it can lead to a sudden death or a heart transplant and this literally just happened i sent them an article on a 19 year old you know so when they say every life matters you know with covid deaths then do the vaccine deaths not matter do these like these kids who never would have had these issues before i mean would they say 50 as of now 59 cases of heart inflammation for ages 12 to 17 years after the vaccine 19 cases of blood clotting disorders I mean, that, that that is at least enough, even if you question the VAERS report or any of it, it should at least make you question the mandates. That's and it, it should at least make them pause and investigate and say, why are they still mandating? It should absolutely be a, a choice. choice. Okay. I think that's all we're asking. Do or no harm. Right. Do no Do harm. Do no harm. It is your choice, informed consent. Yes. yes. That's. I think that's the conclusions that we're that the three of us have come to as we've done this deep dive into all of this information, um, you know, is that we we feel that that is, that's kind of where we're landing right now. And again, we're sharing our opinion, yes, on this. I think we always try to be careful. You're gonna hear our opinion, everybody's got one. 
But we're trying to share with you the information that led us to start drawing these kinds of conclusions. And also when it comes to mandates and these passports, I had a, a, a friend say to me the other day, and she, we've never talked about any of this, and she just walked up and said, I just got the shot. Who, who, God knows what I just put in my body. And, and I literally was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I, I, that's not my personality. Like, yeah. I, I can't be like, whoa, let's take a risk. Let, go ahead, yeah. shoot me up. I'm like, I, I would have never been a good drug addict at all, right? right. I mean, I just wouldn't have been. And someone is literally knocking at or, the door. Oh, please. <laughs> oh, please. Is it children? Yes, it's okay, children. It's, sweet. It's, it's, next, children. it's a next hey, door neighbor. This hey, is real life. Real life. Real life. Real life. It's okay. But the thing with the mandates and the passports, she did it because she said, I want to travel. And I said, well, I've, I've been traveling. Like, I'm just, you know, I wear my mask where I need to uh, on the airplanes and, you know, where I'm, where it's mandated to. And, um, yeah, just take care of myself and, and it's been okay. Um, but I think there's this, people are now feeling this compulsion and pressure to get a vaccine so that they can live their life normally. And I think the three of us are going to probably say, we think you should be able to live your life, quote, normally. Um, and not have regardless. to take that route regardless because you right. may have an individual reason why you're needing to make a different choice. Right. And we've already outlined the reasons why there could be people who need right. to make a different choice. I think the numbers speak for themselves. I don't really know how you'd even argue that point, to be right. honest. I mean, someone can try, but I don't think that it, it's, it's and you know, and if they have thing, had, you know? Yeah, and if they have had it and that makes them feel better and sure. safer, then... Yeah. yeah, because I want, I want, we want, everybody wants to get yep. back to our, oh my gosh, can yes. we get back to the normal we didn't know was normal before? That's right. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. And can we get back to that? Yeah. But I think that, and, and kind of to wrap this part up, cause I'm sure we'll have these conversations more. I want to reiterate again, and I don't know, I don't know how many times we can say this and I feel like people are still not going to hear it because, because uh, check your fear at the door, yeah. put your fear at the door. Put your preconceived ideas at We all had to. We all had to. I didn't want to believe a lot of this. I'm going to be honest. Mm-mm. Like, it's it's uncomfortable truth for me. It's uncomfortable information. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to challenge you. We will challenge you to consider what we're saying. If 10% of what we shared today is true and can be proven, then isn't that enough reason for a pause on a rush to tell other people what they need to do concerning their health? Right. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Um, I think that's the key: is telling other people what to do. What you do is yeah your business. But, and just make sure it's informed. Yes. Make sure that whatever decision you make is informed. That's right. You know that that's that's, right. that's the most like important your, thing. Your question was how many people who have gotten this um, COVID vaccine? How, did yeah. you know all of these potential? Side did they give before? you did right? They did they, they tell? Yeah. Did they tell you? to report if you have any reactions or things to look for. I mean, I had a friend, my friend, he got the Johnson and Johnson vaccine and he said they gave him the risk situation after the, after he got the shot. Yes. Like he had gotten the shot. Then they said, here's your list of possible side effects. Yes. And then you're like, like, okay, okay, okay. I can't take that back because this is one thing you have to remember too. You know, a pill gets out of your system. Yes. You can't take a vaccine away. So when we talk about this, like it really it is, this is a very important decision. Yes. It's not just like, hey, let it's me take some Advil for a headache. That's right. It's not. It trivial. is very, very different. So and then the, and then also, I, I also want to kind of make this point as well. We've also seen every time I log into social media, it's asking me if I want to talk about. I want to put this on my profile picture that I've that I've gotten the vaccine. Every time I watch a TV commercial, a different company is telling me. We're all in this together. We should get it. Um, 
And then there's now this the the incentives like Krispy Kreme donuts and beer mm-hmm. and lotteries. Mm-hmm. And my question is, if something is if the risk is that great and the reward is that sure, why are we having to convince fifty percent of Americans to finally go get that shot? Right. With 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 bribery, has that ever it's, happened? It's just it's it's bribes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, wouldn't that be considered? Bribery? I think people I can listen. Not coercion. everybody's going to be. Not everybody's going to be wise about things, but I think the fact that half of America is still like, hmm, I don't know about this thing. I don't thing. think a donut's going to do it. I don't, no. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's um, the quote. I mean, you know, hey. But okay, maybe it will for some. And sure. I mean, maybe it's access, time, you know, whatever. I mean, they're, they're, the government has funded this, right? I mean, I think for the most part. So it's 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 free. Um but again, the taxpayer dollars, right, end up funding this situation, right. which I gave you the billion, the millions of dollars that, and billions of dollars that right. this that this involves. So nothing's free. Nothing's free, y'all. Nothing's free. Okay, so Amy, to close us out, why don't you just uh, read to us something that really was shocking? Okay, this was one of my just think moments. This was back in July of 2020, before we even had a, a vaccine, and I'll never forget seeing this and just my jaw on the floor and also feeling like this is not true. There's no way, there's no way. Well, then you can look it up straight on um, clinical trials, government website. But basically back in July of 2020, um, our government along with Yale University held clinical trials to figure out the best techniques to manipulate Americans to take a vaccine. So they had a plan before the vaccine was even rolled out to try to play on our emotions to convince to take a vaccine. So I'll just read you straight from this and I can link this source, you know, so you guys can look at this yourself. But these are some of the, um, like some of the intervention and treatments that they that they put in the clinical trial. One of them was the different messaging. So one was a guilt message. Um, so part of the sample of the clinical trial, people would get the message about guilt, saying that COVID presents um, danger to the health of one's family and community. The best way to protect them is to get vaccinated. Society must work together. And it asks the participant to imagine the guilt they'll feel if they don't get vaccinated and if they spread the disease. Then there's mm. an embarrassment messages message. So same thing. It says, tells them, imagine the embarrassment you'll feel if you don't get vaccinated, you spread the disease. There's an anger message, um, kind of the same thing. It says, imagine the anger you'll feel if you don't get vaccinated and you spread the disease. Um, there's a not brave message, okay? Um, it says, this message will describe how firefighters, doctors, and frontline medical workers are brave, and those who choose not to get vaccinated are not brave. Wow. That's... This is a full-on clinical trial that went down before the vaccine. So and Then that, there's that, 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 that whole me... quote thing, too, about the how manipulation works. Oh, yeah. Yes. How is that? Where it says, number one, I, I didn't mean to interrupt no, you. No, you're good. But one is fear. Do this or something bad will happen. Two, flattery. Do this and you're a good person. Three, bribery, do this and I'll do something for you. Four, violence, do this or else. And so this is someone who posted this and it said, by the way, we're at step three. We just don't want to get to step four. Like, I don't, <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't want violence. <laughs> you can bribe and flatter. And sure, yeah. And all that's stuff. not working but yet. But I think where we're wanting to stop short of is the mandates and yeah. just saying, like, you cannot travel. You mm, cannot yeah. go into this restaurant. Or you've you got to disclose your school. personal you private medical information right. to do anything. Right. That's frightening to me. And mm. again, is it one size fits all that this is safe and good for all? No, we've already we've already demonstrated that's not the case, mm-hmm. right? Not for all. So then what? And then, you know, and listen, I know we got to wrap this up, but, you know, there's there's now we're saying that 
there's there's some legal issues around are these companies going to be um, responsible if there's an adverse reaction and oh. they require their employees to get it absolutely because okay. I'm like I, I really hope they are held responsible at, because vaccine companies are not and yeah. I remember seeing someone say so that they is? got a vaccine the vaccine because their company required them and they this person had to sign a waiver for that company where they worked that was mandating it, saying that they would not hold the company liable if something happened. And I'm like, did that not make you question? (laughs) I mean, what? I think that's I'm the problem, Kristen. But I think, but but people yeah. are afraid to lose their job. Like, I get it, and I get it. Like they need this, it. and and sometimes it's like the, it, they think it's their only option, and it's just sad and it's scary that there's so much control going on. You yes. know, and I think so. that's I think that's where we where we leave it in the, in the in the in the hands of our listeners to say, do with what we told you with what you will with it, and. Look it, look it up for yourself. I think, mm-hmm. and if we'll you, even make it easy because we'll have it all. We'll, we'll yeah. put them in the link tree we'll yes. on Instagram. <laughs> um, but you know, make your own informed decisions that are best for you and your medical uh, well-being. Really, mm-hmm. truly, and yeah. and we just hope that by having this conversation, which I'm going to be honest, is not easy to have because we know the emotion around the topic. Mm-hmm. We don't want to step in this. But we feel we must because there needs to be places where this conversation can happen. And again, diversity of thought is welcome, but... No. Ass hats or not. <laughs> no ass hats. No ass hats. So thank you guys for listening. Go make your own choices. Think for your freaking self, right? Yeah, just think. Just think. Bye, y'all.